All right, and we can roll. Hear ye, hear ye. The time has come to talk all things Oscars. And that means that I must yield the floor to Chad Metz to ask me questions about the Oscar ballot and my predictions on said ballot. Sir, so, sir, after an evening of many spirits, please <laughs> question me about the Oscar ballot. All right. So before I start questioning, do... Can I go gonna... on a Twitter rant? Because I don't really think that was a rant. That was just some more, some much more like, you know, calm down. Wait, I must have missed this. When did this happen? The uh, the string of replies I left to Nathan about his uh, oh. Oscar uh, Oscar quote about just dumping on streaming. It doesn't matter anymore. No, I missed that. I saw. I just saw the last. I think the last one you did to uh, to Nathan, but. I missed the whole dumping on stream. Oh, to uh, dumping the war show on streaming. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I'm going to look this up real quick. And down goes number eight. Eight. And in, and in goes number nine. Good Lord, man. You must be off tomorrow. I've been off today and tomorrow. Uh, okay, damn it, this is taking me too long. So, no, I missed most of that. I saw, um, I saw one from this morning, but I haven't really seen anything else. So, you caught the tail end of that, that thread. Basically, um, our good friend Nathan Velasquez was doing what he's been doing for the entire award season, which is kind of like the Oscars are a joke. The Academy doesn't really matter. Um, they're not in touch with regular folks. And that's when I just kind of went on a like, look, we are thinking about this entirely wrong and have been thinking about this entirely wrong for a while. The National Film Registry is a much better guide as to what films are historically significant and what films matter over time. The best way and the only way to look at the Oscars or the Academy Awards is to look at them as a snapshot in time. We are in the middle of spring practice, right? Spring practice looks a whole lot different than fall practice, right? Right. Like the, the assumptions and the information that you get and the, the spin that you get from the coaches, it's all different in the fall than it is in the spring, right? Because right. you're trying to keep kids on campus. They're trying to like maneuver around some things like the 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 hope that springs eternal is not always there in the fall right and it, it's because the the spring practice is a snapshot in time they haven't gone through the summer with their new strength and conditioning coach they haven't gone through the off-season program with him for a full year like it's a snapshot in time of where this team is from march to like dis, from, from march to like may of that given year. And that can completely change when kids show back up at the end of July, right? It's the same kind of way with the Oscars. You have to assume that this is a, you have to, you have to understand that this is a snapshot in time. This is what this body of 758 people at this particular moment in time believed out of everything that they could choose from was the best. And that this is solely the opinion of the 758 or so people who are in the academy. And they are a small minority representation, no matter how diverse the body is. 758 people is a sliver, or even if it's 1,500 people, that's a sliver of what the actual number of people working and working in film criticism and working in Hollywood in general are. There are more than there are more than 500 directors. There are more than 500 actors. There are more, more than 500 producers. There are more than 500 makeup artists. There are more than 500 production designers. Like you have more of those than like you can count. So like the idea is that this, that the Academy is some monolithic body that is all encompassing doesn't work. It's a small minority of people 
judging things on based on their criteria, which by the way, may not be the same criteria you use, and judging pieces of art in a moment in time. Um, I'm pretty sure when um, Claude Monet was doing his impressionism, like, or watercolors, people thought that he was crazy and insane and, and talked down about it. And here we are 500 years later and we have a different perspective on his art and his career, but he did. I mean, hell, people have a different opinion of the work of JK Rowling now than they did 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's a snapshot in time. Like you can't, you can't yell and wave your finger at the Academy and say, you guys suck. You don't know what good art is when art as a whole is subjective and we're dealing with a small sliver. It's like, well, the coaches poll and the AP poll say that USC is better than LSU. Well, you know, that just, that's the opinion of the, you know, 20, the, the 1500 SIDs that are voting on this thing. And that's just a small representation of the whole. So like to get worked up over recognition by a small sliver of the actual working public to me is silly. So I do remember, I remember that tweeted with the, uh, the thing about the registry. And I thought that was a good point. I thought uh, the registry, using the registry as a better benchmark of what's going to stand the test of time. I agree with that point. Because the, uh, because the, the, the um, registry has a actual criteria that they follow. And there have to be there are standards that a film has to meet in order to qualify for the registry. Like it's not like a, a subjective thing, like the Oscar shortlist is. <laughs> this is true. And oh no, the the thing that I struggle with, and I, I get what like I get what what Nathan's trying to do. Well, I understand both points. I understand what you're saying, you know, films are subject, subjective uh, and that we are taking a very small sampling of people to vote on all these movies. Um, but in that subjectivity for, for the Oscars, it's like, why do all the movies tend to, tend to look a certain way? Like they're, Forget like popular, forget the argument is really focusing on popular movies and their exclusion from the Oscars. But um, there's 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 almost no uh, there's no diversity among the the movies themselves that are largely recognized. They're almost always uh, straight dramas. Um, yeah, you can be straight a drama, drama. You can be a biopic. You can be a period piece, and those are the three quickest ways to nominations. And I agree, it should, it, could, it should not be that way. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, this is the opinion of a small sliver of the active members of Hollywood. Like, it's not... I take more credence in what the branches do individually because the branches are the guild, like the guilds of those particular uh branches so like it's all the actors voting on everything it's all the directors voting on everything it's all the producers voting on everything whereas with the academy it's the actors the producers the directors the hairdressers the costume designers set decorators everybody voting on this thing and by the way it's ranked choice voting for best picture whereas it's movie that gets the most votes in literally every other care, uh, category. So like you, you have a special voting system just to mess up best picture, which is insane. Well, so you like you respecting the, the gills and those awards um, that, that I mean, there's not a bunch of people that are going to do that. I mean, it's going to be people that feed into what we think of as like film, I'm saying film Twitter, but really just, you know, film nerds. Cinema so, nerds. Cinema nerds. So, but the, the Oscars, 
they are viewed as the award and they're also viewed as part of not just film culture but what we used to consider pop culture um and i think a lot of a lot of this debate is going to center around when them the oscars pigeonholing themselves into what they consider real cinema uh, and it almost always just being one of the three things you name drama period piece a biopic they might throw a musical in here or there and i think that i think that's really what drives this i know i know the popular thing to say right now is that you know we have these other popular movies that make all this money that nobody's considering and why can't we consider them as art in the same way and i get why people say well you know they have all this spectacle and they're not made for for that but my my specific argument for them is those movies like them or hate them most of them elicit a emotional response it doesn't have to be like overly emotional like tears but they elicit emotional responses in the people that see them and isn't that the whole thing of art is to elicit some kind of emotional response so you're telling a large swath of people your emotional response is fine but it doesn't count because it's not in one of these types of moves and i think that's that's really what's driving this and you know it's what though that small sliver of the populace considers to be pop to be good art and that's that's like me and you were like me and you were up you know in that same generation you're you're a bit older than i am but we're of the same generation we know what it's like to grow up professional wrestling fans we know what it's like when it's not cool for everybody to be a professional wrestling fan and to love that stuff why do you like the fake stuff why do you like that silly male soap opera like we know that criticism right yeah we know that very well and it's the same thing why do you like all those silly comic book movies why why do you like the all those those silly uh comedies why do you like all those you know silly horror movies that branch like go into like all that crazy killing like why do you like all that stuff that's not that's not real that's not good the only thing that's good is like this three and a half hour period piece that's good you know what's the only thing that's good is this three hour musical like why why are you why are you playing with that trash when you when there's this good stuff over here we live with that for our entire lives and i understand why people would feel frustrated at that because i've lived it the problem is when you start taking what those people display as gospel, uh, believe is gospel. And there are multiple interpretations of art. And there are multiple kinds of things that hang in a museum. <laughs> and so, like, what's going to hang at the Met is not the same thing as going to hang at the Louisiana um, Arts and Sciences Museum. But they're going to be art nonetheless. And they're going to be criticized nonetheless. So, like, they all add artistic value. They all add something to the narrative. They all add something to the story of, of cinema. Like, they all move people in different ways. They're not, one is not better, inherently better than the other. It's just one is presented in a more interesting way to that body. And so what we come down to is either stop holding the body up as definitive the way it has been for the last 80 years because you know it was for a long time it was the only award show on television um and before that for a long time it was the only the only broadcast on radio so like it had that stature things have changed now like we have the mtv the mtv movie awards for the last 25 years for goodness sakes we have you know the rotten we have the rotten tomatoes awards we have the the Razzies, we have all these other like quote unquote film awards. We have the AFI awards, like we have all kinds of awards. They're just not the brand name of the Academy and they don't come with that brand name respect. And that's it. That's the only thing behind what the Academy, the Academy is, is a brand name 
because it's been around for 90 plus years. And it and, and the mission of the academy is doing great work. And that's what frustrates me about things like what Nathan says. And when people drag down the academy for their situations regarding the Oscars, the academy is doing great work to bring up the next generation of filmmakers, create opportunities for people. But that work is getting diminished because all people see is once a year, the broadcast of the Academy Awards. And that's all they think about when they think of the Academy. The Academy is something larger than that. And when you besiege and beleaguer the awards, you besiege and beleaguer the Academy. And so you're <laughs> in some small way, beleaguering the chances of something, of, of the institution that's, institution that's trying to help fix the situation that you're angry about, which is lack of diversity in film, lack of opportunities for people. So, I mean, it's just the National Film Registry, because of its criteria, because of the number of years you have to have been released, like because of all the artistic measurements you have to have, I consider that a far better characterization of what is art, what, what is the best, quote unquote, than the Academy, which has very subjective rules from year to year. Okay. I'm I'm gonna let uh leave it there. I'm because of the subjectivity of all this, we can keep going round and round. But I oh, do yeah. think I do think the point about uh um the a film registry is a good one. Um maybe we should talk more about the film registry so people can actually know that this is a thing that exists. Again, I know constituted by the library uh kept and preserved and documented by the Library of Congress. Yep, this is where my two interests intersect with uh, the Library of Congress and movies. So yeah, I'm fully aware of it. You're fully aware of it. Film nerds are fully aware of it, but I don't think a lot of other people are. Um, and I think, you know, maybe raising that awareness can help alleviate that, some of that stuff, but it'll probably open up more doors because the film registry doesn't let a whole bunch of stuff in. So, or we could just televise the reading of the names of the of the films that are added to the registry every year, and we can create a television show around it, and then it becomes the most important thing in the world. Uh, I, I would like to think that that would get a lot of views, but I just I just don't think that's what's going to happen. But Indeed. anyway, so All Chad, right. walk us through the ballot. I will give you my answers. You will mark them down. You will mock me for them tomorrow night at 11, <laughs> 11 p.m. This time, by this time tomorrow night, we will have a new Best Picture winner and a new Best Director winner and a new Best Actor winner and a new Best Supporting Actor winner. All right. I'm getting my, my notepad is ready. Uh, so we're going to start at the bottom of this list. I'm going from Oscars.org. And it has the, the nomination list. So we're working in um, ascending order. So the bottom of this list starts with, a, with the writing categories. First, it starts with original screenplay. Um, I'll, I'll give the nominees and you can shoot me your answer real fast and we'll get through this because I think the top is where most of this stuff is going to be. But original screenplay, the nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. As much as I would love to see Worst Person in the World win this category, I believe that, that they're going to end up awarding Kenneth Burrah and awarding Belfast in some regard, and so I think this will be the category they do it in, although I would not be surprised with that, uh, to see Adam McKay walk away with another Oscar. All right. So next we have adapted screenplay. Uh, the nominees are Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Uh, very much interested in all of these films. Dune should be awarded because it is a very successful adaptation, but it's only half of the successful adaptation. So maybe they're waiting till next year. Um, Power of Dog and Coda are front runners for the Oscar. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Coda. All right. And I, 
since the war season has started, I've heard more and more about Coda. Um, fantastic which, film on Apple Plus. Okay. I mean, it's, I say it's fantastic. Like, there is a, a bit of triteness to it. Like, you could take that same story and put another minority group in there and it would still work. And there are some, what I would call Disney elements where like you can see the plotting developing and like you know where the beats of this are going. But the performances are awesome. The story is is awesome and the way that they tell it is interesting. So I understand. But like Coda is, is best adapted I could get behind. But I would not be surprised again to see uh, to see some Dune take it as a way to say, hey, we didn't shut out Dune. <laughs> All right. So next category is visual effects. The nominees are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, and the only place for Marvel in the war ceremony, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. I think this is where you get your comic book affiliations. I think they give uh, No Way Home best uh, best VFX, and that shuts up people for, you know, five minutes, and then they realize, oh, shit, there are other awards that are more important. Yeah, that's not going to shut anybody up. They're going to be like, oh, so this is what you're doing. You had to slow us, you had to throw us a bone, and this is what you gave us. No, thank you. Uh, even though Marvel will gladly take it because they likes to brag that, you know, they have Oscar winning movies in some form or fashion. Multiple. Yeah, uh, they have three or four. They have four because Black Panther won three by itself. All right. Anyway, next category is sound. The nominees are Belfast, no, uh, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, which I finally saw. Power of the Dog. Sound design is integral to the movie. West Side Story may be a runner-up, but I'd go Power of the Dog. Yeah, it, considering it's the only one I've seen on the list. Um, when I saw that it was, I forgot that it was sound. So when I saw that, saw this list just now, like they did do interesting things with the sound in uh in West Side Story, but I wouldn't put my money on it winning for that category. At some huh. point, you have to have a conversation about when Spielberg gets awarded again, because the man's in his seventies. He's not like he can pull Ridley Scott and keep working into his eighties, but like eventually, like this may be one of the last few times you get to actually like award the dude. Not that you haven't already awarded him enough over his career, but like maybe that's a conversation that has to be had at some point because I don't really see him taking on anything in the near future that's going to be, again, Oscar worthy. Yeah, I I didn't think about that, but that is completely, you know, that completely tracked. And, you know, this might be one, I mean, there's no way, there's really no way around it. Even if you if you work for another ten years, this is still probably one of the last times we'll see him nominated for an. I Oscar. just think in the last in the last ten years he's been nominated for four, uh, three movies. He's been nominated a bunch for War Horse back in the early 2010s. Then he got nominated a lot for The Post, and then now he's being nominated a lot for West Side Story. So like that's three in ten years. What are the odds that in his 80s is going to pull three more rabbits out the hat? Yeah, I think if if the options are Spielberg gets nominated three more times or or you take the under, I would take the under. Indeed. All right. So the next category is short film, live action. The nominees are Ala Kachuf. Take and Run, I probably butchered that, uh, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. I'll take The Long Goodbye for sentimental reasons. And I think that uh, the one that will probably be most seen is uh, is probably The Dress. But we'll, uh, you know, it's, it's this ca- these categories are always the iffy ones because even though they're available more readily now than they were 10 years ago to find, um you're banking on a lot of people who don't really follow documentary filmmaking again to or or, uh like short filmmaking like um like i was saying earlier the individual branches vote on the nominees 
So it's documentarians or short film artists voting on short form artists for the Oscar to be nominated. And then once those nominations are done, they get put to the full, full committee, the full academy. And there are a lot of actors who just, not, not any fault of their own, don't know a lot about these films and get screeners. And then that's their first introduction to the film. So like, it's hard to gauge some of these categories, but, but yeah, the long goodbye is the one I, I would say. Okay. So the next category is short film animated. And the nominees are Affairs of the Heart, Bestia, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. I'm going to go with Robin Robin. All right. This is like the first time that I can think of that I don't, I don't think I've seen any of these. Well, that's because there were no picks. There were no Disney animated shorts that were in front of Pixar movies that are nominated. But were they not? I mean, I know technically they weren't because Pixar didn't release anything in the theaters. But even last year, uh, they didn't. And I know, but I know that they had shorts. The short that was in front of Soul, that would have been in front of Soul, they released the same day as Soul. And that one won the Oscar last year. But I can't remember. They had to have shorts in front of them this year. That wasn't the dumpling one, was it? No, 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 no. That was the dumpling one was like two or three years ago. The one from So was the the burrow, the one with the rabbit. Um, digging the hole. And uh, this is only so fresh in my mind because Disney ran a little special over the weekend with their shorts that won like in the last couple of years. But I I I it just seems like they would have had shorts in front of, I mean, Encanto was released in theaters, but I can't remember any of them. So, you know, whatever. Some it, It's good that Disney doesn't have anything in this sometimes because typically when they do, that's the one people pick because it's the only one they know. Indeed. All right. So the next category is production design. Was Mark uh, Sanchez nominated for, park, for production design? I'm going to ignore that. The nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. West Side Story's intricate production design that is influential in the creation of that film. Um, And so I will go with West Side Story, although I would not at all be surprised if this is one of the few places where Nightmare Alley shines. Uh, Big fan of Nightmare Alley. I think it was my favorite film of 2021. Uh, however, I don't think the Academy is going to take as well to it. They took it to it better than I thought they would in terms of nominations. But like, yeah, I, I, I think West Side Story will probably win production design. All right. So I'm going to give you the choice. You would think that this site would have best picture last, but it's right here. Not yes, even it's a, labeled in the middle. Yeah, you can skip it and come back to it last. All right, that'll be. That is perfectly fine with me. Uh, So the next category is music, original song. And the nominees are Be Alive from King Richard, uh, Dos Argaritas from Encanto, Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from No Time to Die, and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. So... um... How is, uh, how is the most popular chart-topping song from Encanto not the one that is nominated? This feels like a Lego movie, Everything is Awesome, you know, version two. Um, because both songs are going to end up being played at the Oscars, but not nominated. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually not going to go with uh, the Disney song. I'm going to go with No Time to Die, because the Academy loves them some Bond. <laughs> and uh, Billie Eilish is very... Uh, Young and Upcoming, that is the Billie Eilish uh, song, correct? Correct. Yeah. The kid, they want to appeal to the kids. They're getting on the Twitter and the Instagram and bringing influencers into the awards presentation. So, yeah, uh, I think that combined with their love of all things Bond, I think it would be like the seventh or eighth Bond song to be to win Best uh, best Original Song. So, that sounds boring. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with uh, No Time to Die. 
Yeah, apparently Disney only put up this song from Encanto, whereas everybody knows Bruno. And in their current promotion, they don't even talk about this song being performed at the Oscars. They're talking about Bruno. However, again, I've read the lyrics of this song, the, the translation. I get it. It's the pretty song. And if you read the lyrics and have seen the movie, you'll probably cry. I get it. Yeah, but... and remember, we get performances. So, like, the performance, as we remember from, I think the best example in the last 10 years would be uh, Common performing the song from uh, Selma. From Selma? Um, like, sometimes, like, playing it in the room can elicit enough emotion to be like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to stick with music, but now we're going to original score. And the nominees for this are don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. I'm going to go with my personal favorite, the one that has been stuck in my head for a month and a half, The Power of the Dog. Hmm. I really should have watched that movie, but I missed out. Um, uh, again, I've only seen one of these movies. Encanto's score is fine. I got no dog in the fight. So we're going to move on to makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are, this is surprising, Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Hair and makeup? Yep. Eyes of Tammy Faye. Because hair and makeup, just like hair and makeup, aided Rooney Malek's performance in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. A couple of years ago, hair and makeup definitely aided our good friend Jessica Chastain, her performance in Eyes of Tammy Faye. So, and what's Tammy Faye known for? Her makeup, her eye, mm-hmm. eyeliner, her eyeshadow. So, like, getting that just right was, in, you know, an imperative toward helping realize that care, that woman in, in the flesh. So, I would say hair and makeup would be Eyes of Tammy Faye. Corella yeah. would probably be a close second because that film is completely based around fashion and design yeah that that, that's a key to that film i have not seen um eyes of tammy faye but yes everything i know about tammy faye and knowing who jessica chastain is i just can't like i look at this list and it's just screams that's the one that's gonna win yeah it's it's similar to a couple years ago when we did uh, the darkest hour and we did Churchill and uh, Gary Oldman won for all that prosthetics that he yeah. was wearing. Like the, the makeup artist also won for doing all those prosthetics. Like you're like Chastain is a lock to win. And I think that like you can't award Chastain without awarding the person who put all that makeup in and put her in that position. So yeah, I, I'd say eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. All right. The next category is international feature film. The nominees are Drive My Car, Flea, The Hand of God, uh, Luana, and The Worst Person in the World. Well, I really enjoyed Worst Person in the World and Hand of God. I'm going to say that it's going to be Drive My, Drive My Car because it's very freaking hard to be nominated for Best Picture and not win Best International Feature because clearly if you're nominated for the Best Picture, then you should be the, by definition, the best international film. So I will go with Drive My Car. Yeah, that is, uh, that has been our rule of thumb for some time now. I don't, we haven't had that many instances of it, but it's worked so far. So let's keep riding with that. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to nominate Parasite and it's going to be a front runner, like nominating it in best foreign language film and then not giving it best foreign language film just kind of seems like a slap in the face. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the next category is film editing. The nominees are Don't it's, Look Up. And this is one of the categories that's going to be presented after, like, in the table. Yeah, yeah. Which, quick aside. So have you seen the clips of uh, Samuel L. Jackson getting his honorary Oscar? I have not. Okay, so they did that tonight. Uh, it was presented to him by Denzel. I've... I've seen plenty of clips. I never turned the sound on for any of them, but these are two of the happiest people I've ever seen in an award 
situation, like him giving the saying all of Sam's accolades and then giving him the award and Sam getting up to give the award. And they are just so happy together and all that stuff. And these are two of the most recognizable people on the planet. And you do that award the day before on the internet. And that is stupid. I just yeah, want because you had, a, you had a Sydney Portier moment. It, like, I didn't, I, again, we talk about this all the time. I didn't know Sam was getting his honorary Oscar this year. Uh, the, there's a whole list. I don't remember everybody, but if you know that Sam Jackson, who as somebody pointed out, is like the highest grossing actor of all time with all the movies he's been in, and you've seen the movies he's in, you know which ones we're talking about. And Denzel, like this, like who is who is seen as the standard for not only actors, but the pinnacle for like black actors. And you know those two are gonna be on the stage with an award. Why wouldn't you put that on TV? It just it boggles the mind. But enough of that. We'll get back. As we'll it should. Back. I mean, me and you talked about it when uh, Portier died. That night, that night with uh with with uh Denzel receiving his award for training day, and Halle Berry receiving her award for Monsters Ball, and Portier sit receiving his on his Cecil B. DeMille award. Like that was a night full of emotion and tears and flowery speeches, and it meant something. And you told the story on our podcast weeks ago about, you know, Jamie Foxx talking about how when he was on the troubled road with his nomination for, for Ray that, you know, Portier stepped in and why you wouldn't, why would you would take that ratings moment away of those two guys it's just beyond me. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll get back to the list now that now that we've done a quick little vent side detour. Yeah, uh, I but, think that's the first thing we'll talk about on our recap podcast is probably how the how the post edited uh, editing awards and sound awards uh, went. Oh boy! All right, so to film editing, the nominees are "Don't Look Up." Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom has the most innovative editing of any of these, so I will go Tick, Tick, Boom. Maybe Although I, I will say that that editing does cleverly help Power of the Dog. Uh, doesn't necessarily help with that ending and making that ending abundantly clear, but <laughs> um, the Power of the Dog is, is helped by the editing. But I will, I will definitely go Tick, Tick, Boom because of the way that it's structured. All right. So the next one we have is documentary short subject. The nominees are Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benzineer, and When We Were Bullies. When We Were Bullies. All right. And moving on to the next the next category is documentary feature. We have Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, Riding with Fire. Summer Soul is the most visible. Um, Flea is the most rec- is a close second in terms of rec- uh, recognizability. Um, so I will go. Um, I will probably go Summer of Soul. I you don't think they're gonna award Quest Love? So I think you're right that it's the most visible. It's the only it's the only one I've seen of the the, the bunch. But I kind of want to lean into the whole if you're nominated for international film, if you're nominated another category, you kind of win it. Uh and Flea is the most is the second most visible of on the list. So if it's not summer or so, I think it's Flea. I mean, I agree. I mean, Flea is an international feature. It's nominated in another category, so it's sound logic. I just, I think they're going to, especially with ABC on their ass, I think they're going to be like, anything people know that can give us an excuse to put people that they know in front of the camera, we will do. 
Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that it's one of ours. Right. All right. A documentary by a Black filmmaker about a Black history moment that, that was literally erased from time. Yeah, I never heard of that until this documentary came out. All right. Uh, by the way, I'm, quick aside. Yeah. Um, is Summer of Sam streaming anywhere? I mean, um, I know that's not the most popular. Uh, uh, I know that's not the most popular Spike Lee movie, but like, I feel like one of the, it's one of his underrated gems. But like, is that is that streaming anywhere? Not that I know of. I know that I have not seen it. But I also well, have. I read the book. Um, so, like me and you were both sports guys, right? You remember Dick Chap, who did sports reporters for all those years, and his son Jeremy, yeah, who's oh, all over ESPN all the time. I don't remember him specifically, but I know who he is, and yeah, I remember his son. Jer- Dick Chap wrote a book with Jimmy Breslin called "44 Caliber," that was all about the son of Sam Killer. And that book is part of what Summer Sam is based on. And so, like, I've read both the book. Like, I had to check it out from Goodwood, and it had cockroaches falling out of it when I got it off the shelf. That's how old the thing was. But, like, it was a wonderful read. It's just I could very easily see how someone like Spike Lee could get a hold of that material and be like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah, I've never actually seen that one. Um, I think one of these days, I'm going to go back and visit all the Spike stuff because there's a bunch of stuff that I I know he's Yeah, done. I mean, his, his recent stuff is great, and I think he's doing a resurgence of work, but, like, even if you go back to do the right thing and uh, he got game, I mean, he's he's had he's had films that are interesting. Inside Man is also interesting, so. I think I've seen that one, but it's been a while. All right. Um, we're going to do another dealer's choice because directing is stuck right here. So we can do these other th- three categories and then come back. Yeah, let, let's come back. Let's save director and and best picture for last because I think that's the not... <laughs> because because Steven Soderbergh is not producing this year's podcast, uh, this year's uh, <laughs> this, this year's show. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get best director followed by best picture. Okay. All right. So the next category is costume design. The nominees are Cruella, Siriana, Siriano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Um, again, I'll go West Side Story. You can't, you can't make that movie without the costume design. Production design and costume design are very easy to get to West Side Story, in my opinion. The second choice for me, if it were ranked choice voting, would be Nightmare Alley, because I think costume design and production design are also integral to that movie working. Okay. All right. Um, well, we'll go to the next category, which is cinematography. Your nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and again, West Side Story. I think you, I, I, well, I would love to see the Coens and, uh, and Tragedy of Macbeth get something. I think that uh, cinematography is where you're going to see Dune recognized because of the way, the way those shots are composed and they don't want to get completely shut out Bienville. Although I will make the case that like they pretty much screwed Peter Jackson on two of the three Lord of the Rings films. Then on the third film was like, here are all the all Oscars. The wars, yeah. <laughs> so like I fully expect Dune to have like 14 nominations next year. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. When I, I saw Dune, I knew that I think that's the one I would I think they'll go with. Um I didn't I liked the cinematography in West Side Story, but I am... I mean, the blocking, and, and he does some unique things with camera angles, uh-huh. and he does some unique rearrangement with the order of the film. Like, he does some very interesting, complex things, considering it's his first musical. Um, I just don't think that, like... I think they're going to... It's a political thing. They're going to want to make sure certain movies don't get completely shut out. So, yeah, that, that's where I agree with that. All right. Our next category is animated feature. Uh, and the nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, 
and Raya and the Last Dragon. I'll go with an upset because I'm rooting for it. I will go Mitchell's versus the Machines. <laughs> uh, well, I love that movie. I don't know. I don't think Disney's going to win. I think if Disney was going to win this category, it's going to be. Are you moving on to 10? Yes, he's moving on to 10. For those of you that can't see, Brian has just shown me one empty bottle and then proceeded to show me the full bottle and then proceeded to double fist both of those. Um, because, and, and give me the Austin Burst while he's doing it. What he doesn't know is because I want to get this out before the ostrich comes on, I'm not really cutting anything out. So all of this is going to be in it. So enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> but I would, so if Disney were to win, I would think it would be Encanto because everybody knows Encanto. Um, Does Disney really need another Oscar, especially after a LGBTQT walkout? Yeah, I don't think they do, even though, I mean, there's, there's three goddamn Disney products on here. I actually enjoyed all of those movies. I've seen Luca the most because my daughter likes it. But if I were to go, honestly, again, sticking to the rule, I kind of think if Flea doesn't win documentary, documentary, I think it was animated feature. And if it doesn't, then I hope that it would be Mitchell's versus the Machines. Yeah, something about the subject matter screams that it should be awarded something. Yeah. I don't think it'll get shut out, but I don't think it's going to get more than one. So it's a matter of is it documentary or is it animated? So it might, I, I'm, and I'm leaning animated because it's not often we get a documentary that is animated. So I can see you get an, getting the award this year because of that. All right. So now we're down to the one, two, three, four, the, last, the big six, the ones where everybody's going to remember. So for actress in a supporting role, the nominees are Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, and Anaway, Anaway Lewis, Ellis, Ellis, my bad, for King Richard. I, I know who go. you want to win, but who's going to win? This is a tough choice, sir. I've had a crush on this woman since I was 13 years old and she was 16 years old. Uh, hard for me to root against or, or pick against Kirsten Dunst, especially because of the nature of the, the mom delving into alcohol, alcohol, driven to alcoholism by the mentally and, and verbally abusive uh, brother-in-law. So I will go Kirsten Dunst, but if it's not Kirsten Dunst, I would suspect that it would probably be the young lady from uh, The Lost Daughter. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, I mean, West Side Story is a great story, and it's, a, it's great that she's moving on to bigger and better Marvel projects. But, like, I just, that, that performance has been awarded before, so it's kind of hard for me to... And that's why I think she's going to get it, because of the... Well, it didn't help Lady Gaga two years ago. Yeah, but so a star a star is born is because it's what that's like the fourth one, fifth, the fifth. So it's like the fifth one. I think it kind of loses its luster. This is the second one. I doubt we get another one if we and, do get. If we well, get and Sodaheim was actually alive and like helping them, and didn't die until after the movie was done and edited and had already been screened for them. Yeah, so. If we get another West Side Story, it's going. We're going to be old men that probably can't even make it to the theaters because we're so goddamn old. And adding the fact that the woman that won for the role before is in the movie, this the 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 scene for Anita, they're in the same scene together, and she does a great job. I think it's it's too much for the Academy to pass up. It's like this is just so perfectly symmetrical the only thing that could be better is if it was like the 50th anniversary of the movie so that's why i think it would be her understandable uh, completely understandable 
<sighs> I'm going to root for a Jumanji person not named Robin Williams to win an Oscar and double flip off Dwayne Johnson for screwing up the uh, legacy of Jum- all right, uh, all right. Jumanji. We're not bringing that up. We're not bringing that up. Kirsten Dunst was clearly in Jumanji as a sweet little girl who was helping Robin Williams finish the game. Yeah, that part was fine. It was the part you did after that. That We didn't have to go there. You can leave him out. Nobody's talking about him right now. Roman's talking about him. I mean, I don't know what you're you're talking about. Roman's talking about him. The next category is actress in a leading role. And the nominees are... Chad... Chad's just trying to get this done by midnight. Um, actually, yes, I am, but that's not that was not. I just wanted you. I was not. I was trying to stop the rock slander for right now. There was no reason to slander him. When there's reason to slander him, you can do it. But he's nowhere near the Oscar, so we cannot talk about him. I'm sure he's on the list of presenters. Yes, he, he has to be on the list of presenters. Everybody's on the list of, list of presenters. You know, you know, as I said that, I'm like, yeah, he probably is, but we're going to pretend that he's not, and we're just going to keep going. So, ratings, keeping, baby, keeping this train on the track. Uh, actress in a leading role. Your nominees are Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, and Kirsten Stewart for Spencer. Uh, um, I am going to go with the lock eyes. I mean, you eyes already said who you thought was winning like 30 minutes ago. So, and I can't, I haven't seen any of these, but it just seems like it's Chastain's this year. So, yeah. And, and it just, her time and the number of nominations she's had over the years. I mean, uh, you know, they've already awarded Coleman a couple of different times over the last few years. So nominated for the favorite and nominated for the father in the last three years. So yeah, I'm gonna go Chastain. Yep. Although if Coleman pulls the upset, she's she's a Hall of Famer at that point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I I didn't know who she was like four years ago. And I've seen her at the Oscars like every year since. So yeah, she gets another one. Even though I don't think I've seen any of those movies, but whatever. Well, I mean, they're they're all different. the The favorite is a lesbian drama. Uh, the father is a mother, is a father and daughter story about losing about grief and losing your your father to Alzheimer's and dementia and how that can impact your life. And this is a film about motherhood and how motherhood can affect you and change you and how not everybody's suited to being a mother mm-hmm. right away. So, like, yeah. All three great performances and all three awards worthy, but so is Sunrise Roman. She has exactly <laughs> zero actual statues. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have actor in a supporting role. Your nominees are uh, <laughs> Dark Side himself, Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Coaster for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons. For being in being the Ricardos and Cody Smith McPhee for the power of the dog. Okay, so Cody Smith McPhee carries that movie and is a very big part of its success, as is Jesse Plotman's, but I think the two cancel each other out. Um Belfast, I think we'll get love in other categories, but not the main ones. I will go with uh, the guy from Coda, because mm-hmm. like that that performance, especially at the end, really moves that movie. Yeah, I liked your process of elimination because I do think they split the vote. I don't think JK has a chance. And no, yeah, this is what the third time JK's been nominated. I know he was nominated for Whiplash. He won for Whiplash. Uh, but I think three nominations is right. I know he's won the one for Whiplash. So, and this doesn't seem like that kind of, this doesn't seem to measure up to those kind of roles. So, yeah. All right, and our last actor category, actor in a leading role. Your nominees are Javier Bardem, Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, and Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. If I'm the Academy, I am seating Denzel and Will next to each other. (laughs) 
So then when Will walks up to the podium and accepts his Oscar, it's handed like Denzel's right there to congratulate him, greet him and pass and like recognize that moment. It will be a standing ovation, a moment for the for the audience there. Uh, the only the only thing I worry about is the Keaton moment where he's tucking his speech back into his pocket because, you know, uh, Andrew Garfield is so beloved in politics so well. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I. My pick is Will. I hope it's Will, but I would not be upset if it was Garfield. And I've and Garfield has a lot of strong momentum, so I can live with either one. But I really, really want it for Will. And would that, that make him a? Would that make him an EGOT? Who Will? Yeah. Uh. So he's got the Emmy and the Tony. He has a Tony. For uh, or not Tony. He's well. Maybe that's the only thing he's missing, but. I know he's won an Emmy. I know he's won a Grammy. Yeah. He won an Emmy. An Oscar. He won a Grammy. Uh, I don't know what he would have won a Tony for. I don't think he's done any like stage work, but if he got that, then I think all he would be missing is a Tony. All right. All right. And now we're on to our last two categories. And we're going to do these. So is okay. We're going to do director first. So, in the category of directing, your nominees are Belfast, Kenneth Branagh, Drive My Car, Rasuke Hamaguchi, Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson, The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion, and West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. Criminal. Absolutely criminal that Maggie Gyllenhaal was not nominated for Best Director for The Lost Daughter, which is a fantastic film and one that has really grown on me the more I've thought about it. You don't, the reason that I say that is because like, you don't see those depictions of motherhood on film. Like you see, you see the depictions of motherhood is like glowing and easy. And like, even when you see messy motherhood stories, they're always like messy motherhood stories when the kid's grown up and like, they're having tensions as like, grown women like you don't really see the notion of a woman looking back on her youth realizing that she was a really bad mom because she really wasn't ready and just seeing her have a deep psychological meltdown because she wasn't ready like you don't see that in cinema and you that's a conversation we don't have in popular culture so like i read in 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 gyllenhaal's script and gyllenhaal's like direction is very key to to olivia coleman getting that oscar nomination so like very disappointed the beard doesn't need it um brenna it could be his time it could be a justine thing where like he's been nominated a bunch he's done a lot of really great shakespeare work like it it could be his time um but um and, and the Japanese guy for uh, being nominated for uh, Drive My Car, which is again a fantastic film, uh, second second year in a row, we're in a or second in the last three years that we're in a position where like international film is just fantastic and deserves to be seen by as many eyeballs as possible. I'm very glad HBO Max picked that up very quickly in award season, so people have had a couple of months to catch up on it. Um, so I I, I will go with Kenneth Burrow because it's it's Kenneth Burrow. Kenneth Burrow's time. Although I think Campion could have had enough hay in the barn as it as it comes to, you know, uh power of the dog before her comments. Yeah, I think her comments are the thing that if, if she doesn't get it, I think there was just enough people that didn't vote before she made those comments to kind of mess it up. Well, I think I think Burrow is a better campaigner than she is. Because Burrow has done it more often in the last 10 years. So I I, I think that Burrow is, is going to be the winner there. Okay. All right. And that brings us to the last category for the evening, which is best picture. We hope it's the last category for the evening. We've been proved <laughs> wrong before. I don't think we're good. They got enough crap for that last time. Poor Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> Poor Chad. Just sitting there waiting for his Oscar up in heaven. And then all of a sudden. But it. Like I don't, I still don't understand how he doesn't get that award. But I still, well, I still don't understand how 
the producer doesn't have the freaking like results sitting in front of him at least two days beforehand to be like, yeah, we're not gonna move these categories. But that's their thing. Like nobody knows that's the, the price water. Yeah, that's the whole Price Waterhouse Cooper thing. But like, if if this guy is talking about doing this, don't you have a a like a, an obligation to tell him, hey, you might not want to do that. It might not go the way you think it is. The Oscars are are nothing if not like beholden to tradition. So they're not gonna mess. They're not gonna mess with that just for the fact of making the show more more coherent. And besides, everybody that was there was like, this has to be Chadwick Boseman's. It's his last chance to get it. Why wouldn't you give it to him when he he had a performance that was worthy of it? Although I will always maintain that his performance, though it's smaller in the Five Bloods, is actually better than his performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but that's just me. Um, But go ahead and read the nominees for your best picture this year. All righty. So your nominees are... Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Um, as much as I loved um, Nightmare Alley, and as much as Licorice Pizza invokes all the feels, because you know I'm a big PTA guy, um, as much as the international, the drive my car invokes the feelings and passions in me and in certain people that Parasite invoked a couple of years ago, even though King Richard is a very solid biopic and we know how much the Academy loves biopics, even though it's uh, West Side Story is a musical that has been awarded before, but this is, you know, Steven Spielberg's very first attempt at a musical, and he had Steven Soderheim there to help him through the entire process. I don't think any of those are going to be the winner. I think this comes down to a Netflix original funded by the BBC and Coda, which is a music, a movie based on a book that was picked up and made by Apple. And I just think that Coda is a more accessible film for more people than, than uh, Power of the Dog is. And I think it's a lot easier to understand and grasp because it's a freaking female-led coming-of-age movie with music. Like, it, it's not an overly complex story, but it's a very raw, very emotional story, and, it, and it's dealt with a lot, deals with a community that is not featured a lot in feature film. With, you know, so I, I think they're going to take the opportunity to give it to Coda. And I will not mind that. I think that it'll be great. I hope that it'll make more people, you know, find Coda online, but yeah, I think if Netflix Netflix has some serious soul searching to do, if they get shut out of Best Picture again, you know, three of the last four years having nominees, and this year having two nominees, the fact that it's Netflix, it could be Netflix versus uh, Apple. I think Netflix will finally break the hump, and I think. I think once the, the seal is broken, I think we can look forward to see more of those. I know, just fi- think, Chad, having seen both films, I just think Coda is a much more accessible film. And and with if it were straight like best like top vote getter, the way every other category for the Academy Awards is, I would I would agree with you. The power of the dog has a really good short. I'd actually argue under that format, Belfast and West Side Story have a better shot at best picture than than coda does but given ranked choice voting which has produced winners like spotlight (laughs) and the artist um i really think that the most accessible film wins and i really think that coda is the most accessible film and it fills a need because it's a minority group that is represented on film it's a double meaning for the title it refers to both the musical coda and you know the term for a hearing person, child of deaf parents. Um, it, it's got a great lead, female lead performance that really helps it. Like, I just think it's the much more accessible film, and I just can't see, I can't see the Academy getting behind a film that takes you like fifteen to twenty minutes afterwards to go, oh wait, that's what, that's what happened. That's what the rope was for. I mean, honestly, I have I have no good 
hold on any of this. And I know you've seen them all. So, uh, well, I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm a film nerd who works 50 to 60 hours a week, but still finds times like, honestly, the reason I'm in this stuff is because like we are in this world and we start hearing names of titles starting in like September. And we know to, which titles to look for as they start coming to Perkins Road for a week. Like, or they once they start hitting, hitting streaming, like we know the titles to look for. And you can argue that that's a downside of the Academy and the Academy's process, but it's the truth. Like, you, you start hearing names of Best Picture nominees in a September and October, and you can track them all the way to March. And I think that that's, you know, one of the reasons why I can stay, I don't need an Oscar showcase all the time is because I see these things as they come out because it's easy to know which films I need to see because I know which films check the boxes. <laughs> I was still surprised to hear you say Coda, but listening to your reasoning, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I, I don't know. A few weeks ago, I, it just seemed like this was all about Power of the Dog, but um people have seemed to cool on that movie and then on top of that you have uh champions comments that sour some people so i yeah i really have no good i have no good idea so and that's uh, a great thing it it keeps you entertained for the entire three hours because now you're trying to see whether or not uh whether we know what film actually wins whereas if you're in a situation where you got a runaway winner the same film has won the BAFTA. It's won the guild, the Directors Guild. It's won the Screen Actors Guild. It's won the Producers Guild. Like you just know, walking into the theater, that none of the other films have a chance. So, like, I much prefer this kind of narrow race between two films, the way we had with uh, Birdman and, and Boyhood, to you know what we've got. We we can have in certain instances. Yeah, that that is a a good point. Uh, I mean, we'll see how that does because, well, most of the people that watch the Oscars are going to be film nerds because nobody else watches it. So yeah, me and Chad, me and uh, me and Jim talked about on the pod, on the interview that I did with him about the 90, 90 to ten percent split on IGN.com of you know the grant the poll had only been up for a couple of hours, but the ninety to ten split of people voting that they wouldn't uh, watch as opposed to those who would. So. Yeah, I, I heard that part. That was that that jumped out at me too. All right, Chad. Well, that'll be our Oscar preview for 2022, which will mean you will keep me honest uh, when we do our review podcast of the Oscars. And this is just your reminder because you know that I'm a good friend, Chad. Morbius, a movie about a vampire starring Jared Leto, comes out on April Fool's Day for all of us to enjoy. This is like the definition of not being a good friend. Thank you very much and have a pleasant evening.